he first says that that we are, we have died with Christ, and then the next thing is knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. So in other words, why is it that we have eternal life? Well, because we are with Christ, and Christ has already died and rose from the dead. He he can't die again to sin. It's because we are are baptized into Christ. We are we have died with Christ, and so we too will not die to sin because we are baptized into Christ. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and his promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Don't worry, Pastor. I won't tell anyone that you were sleeping. Yeah, by announcing it on the radio show, that counts as not telling anyone. <laughs> oh, we're on listening. the air. Oh, whoops. Whoops. <laughs> I didn't know the microphones had clicked on. <laughs> oh, morning. Well, good morning, uh, Vicar Gagline. I think Vicar rolls off the tongue so much more nicely than lowly seminarian. <laughs> is it lowly, lowly Vicar? Vicar yeah, that's right. Yes, it that's is. It's nice, Vicar. <laughs> Welcome to Table Talk I, I, Radio, everyone. I hope your Vicar Vicarage lasts a couple of years, and then we'll be able to call you Vicar for. <laughs> That's not a good thing if it lasts a couple of years. All right. Well, <laughs> we're, you're listening to Table Talk Radio, and uh, today, what are you doing over there? It sounds like you're crushing cans no. or something. <laughs> This is my chair. I have the absolute my chair. I love my chair, but it's the worst for a radio studio. It's the noisiest chair I've ever seen. Oh man! All right, uh, we're playing Law and Our Gospel today. Everyone's favorite game, and also the Praise Song Cruncher. We have uh, some requests for Praise Song Cruncher again. So that's the lineup for Table Talk Radio. And uh, first up, Pastor Wolfmiller, I have. Oh, we're supposed to do with theological buzzwords. Give me your uh... theological buzzword, Pastor. <laughs> because you're trying to think of one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, my uh, spiritual buzzword for you, I'm. we got to write these down somewhere because I can't remember if I've done this word uh, already, but my spiritual buzzword is efficacy. The efficacy is the doctrine of the scriptures that says that it does what it says. In other words, uh, like Paul says in Romans chapter 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And this is a, a really a marvelous doctrine because... Um, uh, when we talk about the scriptures, we, we talk about how it's infallible, means that it's unable to err. It's uh, inerrant, that means it has no errors. It's inspired, that means it comes from God. He, he wrote the, the Bible uh, through the prophets and apostles. But it's when we get to the efficacy of the scripture that the scripture comes and, uh, and, and the Holy Spirit uses it as his tool to create and sustain faith in our hearts. A lot of people think of the scriptures as simply information, but when we have this doctrine, the efficacy, then we know it's more than that, that it's, it's living, it's powerful, uh, it, it, it does the work of salvation. Right. So, that's the word. Have we done it before? I don't I don't think so. Okay, good. Uh, I just lost mine for you. Oh, no. Uh, Christ's uh, ret- humiliation is your theological buzzword, referring to Christ's humiliation. And, and this oh, is... Okay. Uh, in, in the two natures of Christ, um, that that He humbled Himself 
um, in, in, in human flesh and uh, did not use his divine attributes at times. So this is Christ's humiliation. Very good. All right. Now it's time for law and our gospel. And I, I'll do the first entry for you. This is uh, from Romans chapter 6, beginning of verse 8. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died sin, uh, to sin once for all. For the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Very good. Now, remember how law and gospel works. Um, oh, yeah. You, <laughs> for those of you listening, uh, this is how the game goes. Uh, the law that we, we know that the scriptures are divided into two parts, two words that God speaks uh, in two ways to us there. And the law is um, God's commands towards us. So the basic summary of the law is the Ten Commandments. And th- these are what we're to do to please God. The gospel, on the other hand, is what God has done uh, to save us, to forgive us, uh, to um, uh, to win for us forgiveness and life and salvation. Uh, so the law demands not, the law demands everything. The gospel demands nothing. Uh, so we want to when we're reading through the scriptures, we want to be clear on what we're reading. We want to ask ourselves: Are we reading the law? Or the gospel. So that's what the idea here. And we, and so we have the text in front of us, and it was Romans 8. And what was the verse that you started with? Uh, verse 8 through 11. Verse 8 through 11. You, um, Romans 6, is that you said? Oh, yeah. No, I said Romans 8. Yeah, it's Romans, Romans, 6. Romans 6. Verse 8 through 11. I think what you have in this verse um, is both. Uh, for example, uh, you have this text. If we have died with Christ... We believe that we will also live with him. That's a marvelous verse of gospel. Uh, Paul says in the beginning of Romans chapter 6 that when we were baptized, we were buried with Christ. Uh, So that's a a, a quite wonderful promise of the gospel. To be buried with him is to be in Christ and to have passed through death and gone into life. Uh, It then says we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. And the life he lives, he lives to God. That is another marvelous verse of gospel. Um, that we, uh, that, that Jesus died uh, to death and to sin to overcome sin and death for us. And then it says, what's the, reveri- what's the result of this and how does it shake itself out uh, in our own Christian living? So you also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I think that verse is both uh, law and gospel, uh, because being dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus is something that only God can accomplish. Only the Holy Spirit can work that, uh, can give that gift of being uh, dead to sin and alive to Christ. And yet when Paul says, consider yourself to be this way, I think he's encouraging them to do this. Uh, So there's a bit of law in in the text there as well. Yeah, How does that strike you? Good. I, I like the progression of thought here because um, he first says that, that we are, we have died with Christ. And then the next thing is knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. So in other words, why is it that we have eternal life? Well, because we are with Christ. And Christ has already died and rose from the dead. I mean, he, he can't die again to sin. It's because we are, are baptized into Christ. We are We have died with Christ. And so we, too, will not die to sin um, spiritually because we are baptized into Christ. 
No, that's right. I mean, you have you have this marvelous and wonderful comfort here as well. I I uh, I mean, even to put the law in the last verse, I'm a little bit hesitant because it's so loaded down with gospel. Uh, but I was at a, a in a discussion uh, last week. Uh, when you're listening to this, it'll be what like two months ago. Uh, <laughs> I can like never that. figure out this delay. I was in this conversation with a number of Christians, and they they uh, they weren't Lutheran, and uh, the whole conversation was about. Um, our own obedience to the law, and, and it was as if the gospel never happened. This was quite frightful. So that, um, so it was something like this: you you have to be as a Christian, you have to be obedient to God's word. Well, we might say that as Christians we are obedient to God's word, but but our Christian life is never ever apart from the gospel. It can't be. We we cannot love God or our neighbor. If we are not first being loved by him, but in this conversation, it was almost as if these gentlemen were happy to to skip over the gospel and say, oh, yeah, yeah, of course we're saved. But now we got to get down to brass tacks and do the real work of being a Christian. Well, no, you, you, you cannot even have that discussion without without having this penetrating knowledge of the of the death, the, the gracious death of Jesus. And that's exactly how Paul uh, shakes it out for us here. Very good. Okay, do you have one for me? We have two minutes for the break. Oh, two minutes. Okay, I want to give you some of my favorite verses from the Psalms. This is Psalm 27, uh, verses 1 to 4. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it's they who stumble and fall. Though an army should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Now, this is a great text. Um, I think this is gospel, especially when we get to um, verse was it verse 4, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life? Um, yes. That um, to, 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 to meditate in his temple, that that's glorious gospel. Now, it's interesting. I um, just recently preached a sermon at, uh, my, at my church, and um, the, the, the text was Mark chapter 6, and this is where Jesus comes out on the water and says, uh, do not be afraid to the disciples. And um, basically, my, my sermon said around the, on this fact that that the only person we truly have to fear is God, um, because we uh, fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And uh, so then, the law in, in, in my sermon was that if uh, uh, if we're fearing anything but God, then 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 it's sinful because we're not trusting in God. And so here you have this in this verse: um, the Lord is my light and my salvation. If if that is true, and it is. Whom shall I fear? Um, and and I, think, I think that's all gospel right there. Psalm 27, 1 through 4 is, all, is gospel. Yes, that's right. I totally agree. And I'll give you 200 points for that. All right. Okay, we need to take a break. More Table Talk Radio after this. Don't go away. Everyone's favorite critical event. Table Talk Radio will be right back.
Table Talk Radio has been broadcasting for just over a year now, and it remains to be everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show. Over the past year, we've grown to three radio station affiliates, and we are constantly growing with more podcast listeners. But we need your help. Table Talk Radio is listener-supported. If you can help us pay the bills, visit our website, tabletalkradio.org, and click the Donate button to ensure the continuation of Table Talk Radio. Thanks for your consideration and for listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are playing Law and or Gospel, everyone's favorite. This is one of the, the staples of Table Talk Radio. Yeah, our bread and butter. That's right. Uh, I have another... Along with stupid jokes, <laughs> meaningless banter. Host sleeping in. Fake points. <laughs> okay. Did you t- did we should tell our listeners about our plan to, uh, uh, to offer a little wager with uh, the guys over at... Um, Issues, etc. If uh, we're going to bet on the on the baseball game, right? And if and if uh, the Cardinals win, then we'll send them a thousand Table Talk Radio points. And if the Rockies win, uh, we'll send them. Uh, they can send us a Issues, etc. travel mug or something like that. So. Yeah, I, I think it'd be better if we just send some points if 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 the Cardinals win. <laughs> here's, here's some Table Talk Radio points. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the idea. That's good. Okay. All right. What's next? Um. Well, versus are you keeping are I, you keeping score by the way? Oh yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. Okay. Um, last time I gave you Romans six eight through eleven, and now I want to give you twelve through um, fifteen or so. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its lusts, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? May it never be. Yes, I, I'm going to say, see, what Paul is doing here is he's um, he, he's switched, and he a lot of the epistles kind of follow this, this general pattern. Uh, they speak about faith and love. And Paul, in the beginning of his epistles, will generally speak about faith, the doctrine of justification, how it is that we're saved. And then in the uh, second part of the epistles, he'll talk about love, how we love our neighbor, how uh, the love of God is sh- shines forth in our lives. But whenever he talks about love, he just simply cannot separate our love and our living from the love of God and, and the cross. And so when we're in these sections, we... We're back and forth between law and gospel, and I think that's what what's happening again here. Uh, there's some law here when Paul says, for example, "Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that you would obey its passions. Do not present your members as sin and instruments of for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought uh, from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness." Now there there's the the law. Don't sin. Uh, do not give yourself over to the service of your flesh. And yet he says, you are those who have been brought from death to life. And that's marvelous gospel in there in verse 13. And then I think verse 14 is a verse of gospel as well. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. 
In other words, because you are in Christ, because you are uh, you are marked by His in baptism. That's verses uh, chapter six, verses uh, two and three and four. Uh, you now will not be dominated by sin, which is a, a wonderful promise for the Christian. Right. Well, I I I think that's right. I think that's. Um, I mean, Paul Paul's already bringing up the answer to the question that always comes up when we're whenever we emphasize salvation by by grace alone through faith. What the immediate thing that always comes up is like, well, does that mean we can just sin and, and it doesn't matter anymore? Well, what does Paul say? Shall we sin that grace may abound? Well, of course not. That's not how the Christian lives. Um, but but at the same time, um, if 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 we ha- continue to have a flesh, if our heart is pumping uh, blood through our veins, we are going to continue uh, to have sin in this life. Uh, but thanks be to God, that sin has been been paid for upon the cross of Christ. Yeah, so that even, uh, we were talking about this uh, just yesterday in Bible class, these two different statements and trying to sort out the difference. Um, uh, The first statement is, God, uh, we must please God with our good works. And the second statement is, God is pleased with our good works. Now there's quite a difference there. The first, I think most Christians are living under this idea that they must please God with their good works. Well, no, God is already pleased with you in Christ. He is already delighted with you. Does this mean we don't do good works? It does mean that every time the gospel is preached, the question should be asked. Well, does that mean we don't have to do anything? I mean, if, if the question isn't being asked after the gospel's preached, then it wasn't preached clear enough. Uh, that, that question always has to follow. But we say no, but now we don't say no that now it's necessary for Christians to do good works to please God. Now we have the marvelous comfort that because we're, our sins are forgiven, God is pleased with our good works, even though they're they're in fits and starts and they're never uh, holy as they should be. They're always stained with st- sin, and yet by His goodness and grace, uh, uh, God looks upon even our faulty beginnings of good works and is pleased with them. Yeah, very good. Okay, do I have to give you points? Oh yeah. Okay. All this work I'm doing here, getting up early. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, um, 200 for that, so you're up to 400 now. Is that where we tied at 400? Tied up, uh, no, you have to give me. Hurry, give me, give me one so I can get more points. All right, here it is, Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgression, transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. Gospel. That is beautiful, marvelous gospel. And I uh, thought the Old Testament was full of law, and the New Testament only had the gospel. You're telling me this is gospel here? Yeah. Um, gospel. <laughs> <laughs> no. Good. And, and and why is it then that uh, that our sin is covered? Uh, that that man's. Um, uh, can you read that again? <laughs> I can't remember. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Right. And so why is it that the Lord does not count iniquity against man? Well, only because of, of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And so uh, this this is wonderful gospel. This this is a great psalm of comfort to read um, in those times of, well, any time, but especially in those times of, 
of uh, of despair of our sin. This is this is marvelous gospel. I, by the way, I've been wanting to do some work on this, but never have gotten to it. So now I'll give points out to the listeners for doing the work. I there's three words for sin in the Old Testament: uh, transgression, <laughs> sin, and iniquity. Uh, and they're all right there in the verse. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. So you have all three. You have all three of these words there. And I, I, I want to do a study to try to sort out what's the difference uh, between these three. I mean, they're all related to one another, but are they you all delegating have... your work to our listeners. Yeah. So if any listeners out there are Hebrew experts or would like to do the, uh, a little work on this and sort out the difference between iniquity, sin, and transgression, I have I have ten thousand table talk <laughs> radio points. Hey, you can't can't go wrong there. All right, I have an- another law gospel entry for you. This is by a sermon or from a sermon by someone by the name of Tim Tim Conway. Um, does these uh, sermon excerpts and just a little part of the sermon I want you to evaluate law and or gospel by their works they deny him you can say one thing and by your works deny what you say so just confessing Jesus as Lord doesn't save you it's that belief from the heart that wells up in a confession through words through life it's when you're in the family and they are telling you to close your mouth. We don't want to hear that. But you're going to confess Christ as Lord. It's in the workplace. But they say, we don't want any of that. Away with your Christ. Away with your Christianity. Away with your religion. We don't want it. But you confess it there when it's hard. People love to talk that way. Oh, I'm saved. I got saved when I was three. I was baptized. I got saved. People love to throw that term around. Saved, saved, saved. But we hear it a lot. People walk in here. Are you saved? Well, yeah, I'm saved. They're not saved, but they say they are. Because they haven't bowed the knee to Christ. There's no confession of His Lordship in their life. Not by their works. Oh, they might say, you believe Jesus Lord? Yeah, I believe He's Lord. Then they walk right out and they're slaves to sin. They're not obeying Him. Boy, that's dramatic. I, I thought the pirates were coming during that sermon. <laughs> I know. It's got some sort of WWF. Uh... <laughs> okay, so I think what he's doing is preaching on Romans 10. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, so what do you make of his uh, the, just part of the sermon that you heard? Well, you know, th- there is um, there's a sense it, that you could just be grumpy enough and make anything you say sound like law. Uh, I I remember when I was a vicar uh, a long time ago. Whoa, whoa. Back in those dog days. <laughs> Do we have any flashbacks music? Is this your for... first, second, or third vicarage? <laughs> and I remember I was up there preaching, and Carrie said, uh, she says, you have a, a proper severity for your preaching of the law, but then you go and you preach the gospel with the same severity, and I can't, it's hard to tell the difference. Jesus loves you <laughs> he died for you uh so i mean there is a, <laughs> some sort of sense i mean in which the uh s- you know severity matters we th- the kindness of god wants should should be expressed and certainly it's not here and but i d- i think the content matches what he's saying here too i mean this is basically the old pietist yarn that um uh, you you got to prove your own salvation, and so here he's you know don't just come here and say that you're saved and I'm baptized and all of this despising the simple confession and the gift of baptism, 
you got to prove it in your life by doing this or that or all this sort of stuff. Um, and th this is a, a kind of a dangerous disease that infects much of American Christianity. Is let's, this idea? Oh, I was going to say, let's see if we can talk about curing that disease on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. More Table Talk. We'll finish up playing Law and Our Gospel. And then we will play Praise Song Cruncher. Cruncher. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Never imitated, never duplicated. Pastor, before the break, you were talking about uh, this pietistic <laughs> preaching that uh, uh, a Christianity that really focuses on works and self. Yeah, I mean that we have to demonstrate our salvation by by what we do, by what we say, um, and all of this. It's true in one sense that our faith is seen in our love for God and our love for neighbor. That's that's true. I mean, love makes our, the faith that God creates in the heart visible to some degree, but. That's, but making your kind of proving your faith by doing works is putting the is putting things backwards. It's putting the cart before the horse. I mean, look at the the thing that assures us of uh, of our salvation is nothing other than the death of Jesus on the cross. I mean, we 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 have to we Christians have to know this. We we have to know where we look to see if God loves us, and it's not to ourselves, it's not to our works, it's not to our thoughts, it's not to our hearts. If we look at these things, we would be on this up and down emotional roller coaster, which marks tragically so many people, so many Christians. But that's not where we're to look. It's not what God is, where He's told us to look to to be sure uh, that He loves us. We are to look to the cross. And we are to look to those places where the cross is delivered to us. That is baptism, God's word, the Lord's Supper. There Jesus delivers the benefits of his cross to us. And when we have these things, we can be absolutely 100% sure uh, that God loves us and cares for us and that he's called us to be his dear Christians. All right. Well, I, so is, is this law and our gospel or a commingling of the two? No, I, uh, it could be a mixture Um but uh, law, it's law, bad law. Bad law. Okay. 200 points then for getting that right. And now it's time for our praise song cruncher. And uh, Praise song cruncher is my favorite praise song diagnostic tool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you uh, want to look at this yourself, you can go to our website at tabletalkradio.org and click the articles. And then right there you will find... Praise Song Cruncher. I think I'll do that right now. And this one comes to us by request. You know, we are taking your request, the Praise Song Cruncher. Happy to do it, too. Dedications, um, love songs. Yeah. <laughs> this one is If We Are the Body by Casting Crowns. And it's uh, from Mike. And uh, Mike would like to dedicate this program to Rick Warren.
as she slips in, trying to fade into the faces, the girls teasing laughter is carrying farther than they know, farther than they know, but if we are the body, why are This this could be uh, dedicated also to uh, Tim, what was his name Conway that did our sermon earlier. <laughs> okay, so it's in the same sign of vein. What's what is this? What's happening? You have to explain to me the. Okay, the, all right. Uh, okay, so the the first stanza, which you uh, heard sung, is it's crowded in worship today. She slips in, trying to fade into the faces. The girls' teasing laughter is carrying farther than they know. Farther than they know. So evidently, you have this picture of this girl coming into worship, uh, worship service, and people are teasing her, making fun of her, and they really don't know the the pain. And then the chorus: so "If we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? If we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Uh, why is his love not showing them there is a way? There is a way." And the second stanza is in the same vein: uh, "A traveler is far away from home. He sheds his coat and quietly sinks into the back row." The weight of their judgment glances tells him um, that his chances are better out on the road. So again, as traveler coming into worship, just not being accepted by the people at church. So, and then it goes in the chorus and, and several times. So, that's basically uh-huh. the song. So, uh, um, should we, should we, do you have a comment before we crunch this sucker, or should we just start crunching it? No, no. Well, I mean, I think I got it. So the idea is, we are the body of Christ, and we're to be acting in hospitality. I mean, is that the basic idea here? Right, right. But but what's happened is, uh, it's turned into this big, long, like twenty-minute harangue of a song. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just kind of terrible. okay. Let, let's do the cruncher then. All right, um, let's crunch this thing. Is Jesus mentioned? Yes or no? If yes, in name or concept? Um. Jesus is, I think, yes, Jesus is mentioned by concept because it talks about we being his arms and hands and his feet. So we are we are the body. Uh, uh, why aren't his arms reaching? So that body must be the body of Jesus, the church. So do you think, that, yeah, well here it says that, uh, Jesus paid too, much too high a price for us to pick and choose who should come. Right. And we are the body of Christ. Huh. So yes, Jesus is is mentioned. Okay, we'll come back. Do to you that. buy it? We'll come back to that. Oh yeah, I mean he's uh, you know it, it's mentioned in the sense that uh, like when you say Christian, do you mention Jesus? Well, yeah, because you say Christ. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but it's almost it's almost an accidental mention because it's it's using Jesus to describe us, but he's mentioned there. So true. Okay, well, I want to come back to that bridge you just read later, but um, clarity. Is the song clear? Does it use sentences with subject, verb, and object, or sentence fragments? Uh, ten is very clear, one is obscure. 
Um, I think we have to be on well, the, you, the lower end of this because I had to explain this to you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, it is early in the morning, but um, <laughs> I think that uh, you're assuming a lot of things. I, I think this is the one of the classic things that the Cruncher reveals about the so-called praise songs is that you have to be like an advanced theologian to have any idea what they're talking about. Uh, because is that way the, I could explain you know, it to you? There's so much I'm assumed. Theologian. Right. <laughs> the, the advanced vicar skills. Uh, but when it says, we, if we are the body, can you imagine an unbeliever coming in and says, we are the body? He said, what in the world are you... T- that's just strange sounding. That's kind of kooky. Uh, what is it? What are you talking about, we are the body? So I'm not sure if this is... You know, uh, on a clarity scale, we should also make that our seeker sensitivity scale. <laughs> 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 how much theology, how much background theology do you have to know to make sense of what's up and down in the song? But yeah, there is a, some fragments, you know, uh, when it describes all these people who are kind of uh, coming into the church. G- the girls teasing laughter is carrying farther than they know, farther than they know, uh, uh, trying to fade into the faces. These are just kind of uh, sentence fragments. Um, and then you do have the chorus is full of questions, which are. Uh, uh, full sentences here, but I think you're right. Low on clarity. Let's put it at a, a three. Now, uh, you only bring up the seeker sensitivity thing because uh, typically these praise songs are marketed, so to speak, as as being geared for seekers. In, in other words, I mean, if, right, if, some, if we were to sit down at the hymnal, there'd be a lot of things we have to explain, and rightly so. Um, but at the same time, we're not uh, catering our music. So the person can walk in off the streets and uh, be able to clap his hands right away. Right. It doesn't fit their own criteria. Okay. Very good. Number three. I mean, well, what they mean by sensitivity is not accessible accessible teaching, but rather uh, accessible tunes, accessible music, uh, which is uh, – but that's not – look, a song is more than, than the, 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 the sound of it. Uh, the lyrics are the main thing, so – Right. Okay, number three. Mysticism, subjectivity or objectivity, is a song about the things that God has done or about my own emotions and experiences? Does the song repeat the same it's, phrases over and over, a hypnotic mantra? Uh, ten objectives, it does have the hypnotic mantra thing, yeah. Yes. It does have this hypnotic mantra. But it's not. It's neither about the objective things that God has done, nor is it about our, my emo- own emotions and subjective feelings. This song is about the objective things that we haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so we haven't, uh, we haven't, we've, uh, what have we done? We've, we've had, the girls have had teasing laughter and, um, and, and the people in the church have had weighty judgmental glances. Uh, I guess those are the objective things we, we have done. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's about, I mean, here you're right when you say that it's similar to the sermon that we listened to. It's not, uh, um, it's not a. It's it's just a, a harangue for not being hospi- hospitable. That's right. Well, let's answer the question. The last two questions of the cruncher: law and our gospel, and is there any explicit false teaching? Right after this commercial break, don't go away. Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. 
Welcome back. We're evaluating this game, this uh, praise song, If We Are the Body by Casting Crowns. And we have two more questions on the cruncher to get through. Law and gospel. Does the song proclaim the law and its sternness and the gospel and its sweetness? Are the law and gospel rightly divided and not mixed up? Is the law presented as something that we can do, or does it show us our sins? Is the gospel conditional uh, based on my actions, decisions, or acceptance? So this is yes, no, or I can't tell. This praise song, Cruncher, by the way, is available on our website. You said that already, didn't you, uh, Table Talk Radio? And you can feel free to use it. A number of uh, listeners have called and asked if they could you know, use the praise song, Cruncher. Uh, and please do, uh, whatever you find useful, you know. Get at, we, the more people we have crunching the praise songs, the better. Uh, so the question is law and or gospel. There's some law in this text, which is because basically we've identified this text as a as a you're not hospitable harangue. And uh, I love, I really love that word, harangue. And, and I think you, if anything is a harangue... Too, too bad it's not your theological buzzer because you've used it like four times. I'd be a Table Talk Point millionaire. Millionaire. If it is, though, uh, a harangue like this, I think it makes it instantly all law. Now, one of the important questions in the cruncher is, is the law presented as something we can do? And the answer here is yes, yes. In other words, uh, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching if we are the body? Now, I just noticed something really quite fantastically terrible about this hymn, uh, which is going to come up in the next question. But for this one, law and gospel, that's going to be uh, all law, okay. no gospel. And and maybe it should be said the importance of, of keeping law gospel rightly distinguished in our hymnody is the same reason we have law gospel rightly distinguished in our sermons. I mean, the, you're putting these words on the lips of your people. And so to have law gospel commingled and mixed up is a terrible thing because you remember that, that what's that ancient uh, saying, um, that Latin phrase, what is it? Lex Arindi, Lex yes. Credendi? Is that yes. what you're thinking? Yeah, exactly. So I, mean, I can read your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't think of that. but um, and, and so <laughs> when you start singing certain things, your people really begin to believe it. And so if you're confusing law and gospel, they're gonna actually going to start believing that they can keep the law or... Um, you know, can, can obey the law by by themselves, but in the proper division of law and gospel, the proper distinction, I should say, of law and gospel, um, as presented in the scriptures, um, it breaks us down, and then in the gospel lifts us up, and, and that is the efficacy of the scriptures that that through the law and the gospel we are brought to life. Right. Okay, that's five hundred. And in the song, we are not. Buzzword. We are. Put it to, oh yeah, I didn't. Know. <laughs> I should pay attention to what you're saying every once in a while. <laughs> okay, number five. Is there any <laughs> explicit <laughs> false teaching? Yeah, uh, no, I didn't see it till we got all the way through here. But listen to these words. Uh, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? Uh, do you see who it's talking about? That his there is capitalized. That's talking about Jesus. Yeah, so... So, uh, so it is so kind of cr- uh, crushed the church together with Jesus that now our sins of lack of hospitality are being applied to His hands. Uh, now, wow, if we wanted to do that the other way, I think we could have some marvelous and wonderful teaching that He takes upon Himself our sins in order that He might forgive them. But now, to take our the church's failure and to 
and then to apply it to the Lord Jesus in this way. Uh, why aren't his feet going? Why aren't his words teaching all of this? This is now uh, putting our sin at the uh, at the fault of Jesus, which is wrong, 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 wrong. Why aren't his words teaching? But his words are teaching. I mean, maybe maybe the answer to this question that the song asks, why aren't his words teaching, is be- because you're singing this song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe that's the pr- problem, uh, because his word is teaching in the church. It always is. It, 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 all of these promises. And he, he does continue to work to heal and to reach, I guess, and to go. Jesus continues to to work uh, in the world and to and to say that he's not because of our own lack of hospitality uh, is is really quite a terrible false false doctrine. Yeah, I also want to bring uh, bring up this uh, bridge where it says Jesus paid too much high, uh, much too high a price for us to pick and choose who should come, and we are the body of Christ. Um, okay, so the first line Jesus paid. Much too high a price. If you just had that, I mean, essentially it'd be gospel. It's true. Jesus did pay a high price for sin, and that was the price of, of his own life. Uh, he he paid that for sin. But then what they do here in the bridges say that was far too great for us to then pick and choose who should come. And so what they're then doing is using the gospel for the sake of the law. They're using the the, the price of, of that Christ paid for sin and saying. Um, so therefore, go do this, and that—that's a use of the law. So here again, we have the commingling of law and gospel. Yep, you're right. Okay, so I have a uh, final evaluation for you uh, for this song. I'm gonna I'm gonna tack this on to the praise song cruncher, and this is this is the final three questions. Would you have this song, Pastor, in your worship? No. Would you have it in your car? No. Would you have it in the garbage? <laughs> I'm not sure if that's charitable. Okay. But yes. <laughs> okay, well we only have 4 minutes left. Let's let's get uh try and zip a speed this. crunch. All right, here speed it is. Speed crunch. God of Christian version of the Lilith Fair. Every tongue will shine. Every tongue will shout, shout. Okay. This is entitled No One Like Jehovah. Um, so we, we have this first part where we're listing all the, all the names of God. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, um, Elohim, Adonai, God who answers by fire. And then... Um, 
they had this se- this section. The sick are healed, the blind can see, the cripples dance, the demons flee. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. The dead are raised, the deaf can hear. We, as we proclaim, the, the kingdom is here. Okay, so um, let's crunch this as quickly as we can. Um, is Jesus mentioned yes, no? Yes. Okay. In fact, all verse 2, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever, King of kings, Lord of lords, the Son of the living God, etc. Okay, now is the song clear? Uh, no. Uh, especially verse 1. I mean, the verses are just lists of names, so uh, there's no verbs even. Well, the same, yesterday, together. that's a verb. There, I mean, but, no. The course, there's no one like our God, there's no one like Jehovah, so you get to slip a little uh, kind of Hebrew in there. But I put it on the clarity scale, four. Four on the clarity scale. Mysticism, subjective or objective? Yes. Breathe on us, send us out in the spirit of Elijah, whatever that means, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and, the, and the whole bit being there's no one like you, um, the, the worthy, forever worthy. Um, yeah, there's this strong mystical content here, so... Uh, Ten is objective, one is subjective. Three. Three. Law and gospel? Is there law and gospel? Uh, yes, no, or I can't tell. Mm, no, so that means I can't tell. I, I was going to say, I can't tell either. <laughs> I mean, there's no real law. There's no one like you. Um, uh, there's no death on the cross. There's no, hey, you're a miserable sinner. I can't tell. It's it's kind of law gospel neutral. Okay. Um, is there any explicit false teaching? Um, I don't know. I haven't had enough time here. <laughs> the speed <laughs> crunch on the false teaching. Yes, it's, uh, it's it's tough when there when something's not quite clear to try to sort it out. Um, rise up in your bride. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Show your power. Show your glory. Uh, you know, in the in Jesus when he walked the earth in his humiliation, he taught us. <laughs> that's See that's my buzzword. Uh, he, he showed us that he this, this is how exactly how he comes to us in humility, not in glory and all this stuff. But here it's it's asking for the glory business, which would be a in a way a kind of subtle despising of the cross. But let's put a question mark for false doctrine. Okay. And let the listeners see if they find any. All right, and I will give you three hundred for your buzzword. All right. Um, okay. Last but not least, um, would you have this song in your worship? Uh, no. Would you have this song in your car? No. Would you have this song in the trash compactor? <laughs> I guess if that's the only other option. <laughs> I just leave it on the store shelf. How about that? All right. Okay, that's it for Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like my alarm clock. They just <laughs> didn't really work today anyways. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.